Welcome back, everybody. It is time for another episode of the Get Off My Lawn podcast, the best show that no one is watching. Although you guys could help fix that if you just mash that share button and tell everybody about it, that they need to come hang out. We'd sure appreciate that. But uh, it must be Thursday night, must be 8 o'clock Central Time, which is, of course, the only time zone that matters. So uh, glad to have everybody here. My phone's going off. I think it's telling me that I just went live, actually. That's great. Cool. Um, all right. A couple things that I want to mention here before we uh, dig in and, and have an episode. Uh, first and foremost, of course, we want to make sure that uh, if you're out there and you're watching live, that you are dropping those comments out there in the chat. Looks like it is starting to pick up already over on the YouTube side, at least. And uh, I don't think we have anybody commenting yet from the up one Facebook comment. So yeah, Facebook, YouTube, doesn't matter. Leave those comments. Let us know that you're out there so that we can uh, interact with you. And uh, let us know where you are checking in from if you want to, because we lose track of some of you and uh, others might be new. And we want to know how far of a, of a reach we actually have here. Um, so uh, see if you, uh, we're not going to get into constitutional carry stuff too much tonight here on this, but we do have uh, we do have some some news. Here's the thing. I've got some inside track info that I cannot divulge right now, being part of NFOA. And uh, maybe this might not be the best way to do this. Uh, we are going to have a, a live town hall meeting on the NFOA page uh, Wednesday night, this next week, Wednesday the 9th, 7.30 Central Time. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Nebraska Firearms Owners Association youtube channel then go do that and and like us on facebook because those are the two places that's going to go live and we're going to give out all the info then because it, it'll all be public knowledge by wednesday night for sure however if you are near norfolk nebraska this weekend go out to uh divots conference or excuse me now it's back to the event center out at divots nor uh, the norfolk gun show happening all weekend tomorrow night five to eight Saturday, um, nine to five, Sunday, nine to four, I believe. And I will be out there at the NFOA table uh, all weekend long. And those of you that come up and ask me about spoilers, I will give you the info. I will tell you what's up. Uh, even, uh, even if I can't give all of it, I will at least let you know what's happening. So I'm not going to do it broadcast it out tonight. But those of you that come up and ask me about it at the Norfolk Gun Show, I will give you uh, some of the lowdown of what's going on. And then you can tune in Wednesday night to get the rest of it. So you heard it here first, even though I, I told you nothing. Um, one other thing I want to get to before we uh, before we go crazy here out there in the chat, Gunpowder Beauty is over on the YouTube side, and I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to you and Tardot. They have a brand new tiny human who was uh, introduced to the world today. So I saw a little bit of a video of uh, a very freshly hatched tiny human just uh, screaming his lungs out that Tardot uh, posted earlier today on Facebook. So congratulations, mom and dad. Glad that everybody is doing well and that... Uh, that your little man looks like he is just healthy as a horse. That's the way to be. So, uh, so congratulations, Tardot and Gunpowder Beauty. All right, we're going to uh, bring everybody in and just say hello tonight. So, uh, first and foremost, sharing the screen with me, we have our fully semi-official co-host, 
Defense Dad is in the house. What's up, sir? I'm uh, just got off work a little bit ago and hurried home for the show. You got home in time to eat something, though, right? Yeah, filet of fish from McDonald's. Nice. Nice. Very cool. It wasn't like leftover from last night, was it? Did they make yeah. up extras on Ash Wednesday and then just have like a two-for-one or something on Thursday? Nope, it just sounded good, and it's four blocks from my house. Perfect. That works. Convenience. All right, location, location, location. The three most important things in business. There you go. All right, we're going to uh, bring in some uh, some panelists here, a couple familiar faces and, and one new face. So uh, let's bring that new fella in. Coming to us uh, from Fairfax, Virginia area, we have got Edward Salas with us tonight. How are we, sir? Very good. Good evening, everybody. Um, my name's Edward Salas. I own a company called Paragon Firearms Training, and uh, I'm looking forward to having some good discussion tonight on the uh, knowns and unknowns Heck when yeah. you start feel caring. Heck yeah, I think it's going to be a good one tonight. All right, uh, coming into us from also from the East Coast area over in that New Jersey territory. We, what is it, New Jersey Stan? I don't know what the exact name is, but I know it's behind the Iron Curtain. Uh, we've got uh, the largest pound-for-pound pound gun bunny in America. Tony Simon is in the house. It's been too long, man. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, no, man. It's been a long time. I was like, hey, you forget about me? Is there no love anymore? If you ever feel like like I've slighted you, if you ever for a second wonder if I don't love you anymore, you just like slap me upside the head with a text or something. <laughs> no problem, man. Glad to be here. Um, and I hopefully I can give out a lot of misinformation. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually had I actually had that happen at uh, Tuesday night's diversity shoot. Um, guy was giving out information. I waited for him to speak. I let him talk to the lady, and then I was like, um, after he leaves, I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Was that one of the official instructors, or just somebody that meant well? Uh, he was a guy that dropped by to help us with the event, and it was just the old gun store snub nose revolver. Now, thing. now I know who was at that event. I know who stopped by to see you. It was Charlie, wasn't it? It was Charlie. Cook. <laughs> of course, yeah, it was Charlie Cook. Charlie <laughs> Cook. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We know. We know he's giving all that Massachusetts logic out to the New Jersey people, and we can't have it. <laughs> I know it wasn't Charlie. I know better. Uh, it was just hilarious. No, I've done two in two weeks. So uh, this was the second one. And uh, the guy was really earnestly uh, trying to help. But you no. know, you don't want to kill that spirit, right? I mean, you, you want to make sure that people are encouraged to be helpful. It's just. And the lady he was talking to had, uh, had proven that she could handle everything in a room. Um, we'd shot many different firearms. And when we went back to it, uh, after he left, I was like, well, no, but how did you feel shooting these? And I'm talking about she was shooting PDPs, the Walther PDP, uh, shooting just anything and everything we had. And I'm like, yeah, no, you don't have to. Oh, and he had a 350, uh, 686 uh, plus. So it was a seven shot 357 Magnum with 38s in it. And she tried to shoot a double action, and she said it was really difficult to pull the trigger and keep, you know, sights on target, double action trigger. And that's when he suggested she buy a lightweight 38 revolver because of her small hands. I mean, the, the frame size I could see maybe, but the, yeah, lightweight, I get it. I'm with you. 
Yeah, so I'm like, no, I have a 686 that I had set up because I have older female students and older students with arthritis. You need to do a trigger job on those suckers if you're going to have somebody use a revolver. And I have a trigger job that has, has it around six and a half to seven pounds with oh, a nice. double action trigger pull. Um, so, yeah, and the single action trigger pull is breath. <laughs> I mean, it has I to bet. be like two pounds. Um, I was able to actually do a hostage shot at 100 yards with it, with a double action trigger pull using 38. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, believe me. After I hit it, I put the gun away, and that was the end of course. the day. Right. No need <laughs> Look, to shoot a second one. I already know I can do it. I'm with you. I'd rather be lucky than good. But um, <laughs> I was able to pull it off. So uh, it has a really good trigger. Anyway, um, that was just some of the advice that happened lately. And I think it behooves us as a gun community to learn a little bit more before we start giving advice. Well, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is um, you know, who to learn some of this from and not necessarily even to take all of our word for it, just blindly make sure you do some extra research and get extra opinions. But before we dig in, we've got one more familiar face to add to the panel here. So uh, also representing the capital city of Lincoln, Nebraska, just like Defense Dad is, we've got our other most eligible bachelor on the panel. And uh, we've got the everybody's favorite tactical teacher, as I like to say, Travis P. Levin. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a new gun owner, and I've come here tonight for advice. So I'm hoping you guys can help me out. So yes, well, you <laughs> came to the right guy. Because <laughs> there's no shortage of advice from yes. from this panel. I'm not going to guarantee the quality of said advice, but okay. you're going to get advice. That's that's I, good. That's I don't even know where to start. I you know I <laughs> I've got some. I've got I've got this. This is all I need, according to certain liberals. This is all I need to protect myself. And a whistle, and I'm good to go. So yeah, yes. And so if you guys can call, you got me level up a little bit. I appreciate it. So yeah, <laughs> you, you need you need one of these so you can you dial have a phone. So when I'm running, I can try to dial. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Gotta work you, on my you have an iPhone, yep. so you can do like the voice activated <laughs> Siri. Yep, without exactly. having to, to get to the phone, you can just be like, "Hey Siri, I'm in trouble," and mm -hmm. and Siri's going to be like, "Well, that's unfortunate." Right. Uh, you're going <laughs> to die before they can, they can roll a, a unit to you, but that's okay. So, all right, all right. And then, you know, all those open tabs for PSA are on my, on my phone, but no, they never actually got used, you know? And right. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. But anyway, no, I appreciate being here. Thanks for the invite. It's going to be a good topic. And, you know, we all started off, you know, as new gunners at one point or another, or, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we come up with and what kind of questions people throw at us. So, right. Cool. Exactly. And we've got we've got kind of a mixed panel here. We've got three instructors, although I don't know if I count. I'm kind of the go-between. We've got two, you know, just just firearms enthusiasts and and accomplished shooters and concealed carriers, which would be Defense Dad and Travis. And then we've got two instructors, Tony and Edward. And then I'm kind of the go-between. I'm certified as an instructor, but my feet are just barely getting wet, so I'm kind of learning on that end but i still think i have a few decent ideas to throw in there uh, plus it's my show so i'm going to say what i want but uh that's just how that works so okay um you know what we don't have a, a sponsor for this week's episode so uh, we're just going to say that uh tonight's uh tonight's episode is brought to you by uh caffeine and poor decisions and that's what fuels me so that's just what uh what the show is going to run on tonight anybody that wants to be a sponsor let me know and we'll figure something out for what that looks like and we can put your uh put your logo up there in the corner just above uh above and beside edward's head there right where get off my lawn podcast just appeared and uh there it is 
pull that back off there so it's not distracting anybody, namely me. And uh, all right, so so a couple things, and I, I put some questions um, over there in the private chat for all of you panelists. You can you can see the questions. That'll kind of help me stay on track tonight, hopefully. Uh, some of the stuff that I want to 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 cover, but it's not you know it's not an exhaustive list. The anything that uh, that needs to be covered that you guys want to bring up then, you know, we want to talk about that too. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not just, this isn't only designed for, for just a brand new firearm owner. This is more for somebody who's decided that they want to carry their firearm. We've got now, it sounds like very, very soon, the 22nd state will be uh, available to uh, carry without a permit. And uh, hopefully everything works in, in Ohio and hopefully their governor has decided uh, to learn from past mistakes and sign the bill this time because wasn't Ohio the state that the the legislature passed it once before and the governor vetoed it? Was that Ohio? I can't remember now. And I don't remember if it was the same governor. But uh, but anyway, Ohio sounds like they're making very good progress. Alabama sounds like they're making very good progress. A few others. Nebraska is, uh, like I said, spoilers. You have to come up and find me at the gun show. Otherwise, You'll find out about some stuff next week that's happening, um, but it, the progress is being made, just not uh, not at the rate that some of these other states are, you know, about ready to to send it to their governor's desk. But we're 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 definitely moving forward. I can say that much. Um, slowly, slowly grinding forward. Um, so uh, so really, what I want to kind of talk about a little bit tonight is just. For those folks that are in those 21 states that already have a permitless concealed carry option that it's not required to carry, or if you're in one of these other states, but uh, you're fairly new to firearms, you just got your concealed carry permit, but you're fairly new to to the carrying thing, or maybe you haven't, you've got the permit and that's as far as it's gone so far, and you haven't actually started carrying on a daily basis, you know, all these uh, different scenarios that may be out there for, for some newbies. And so we want to reach out and of course, bring more and more people into the fold all the time. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons besides I missed him. That's why I invited Tony tonight because Tony uh, specializes in bringing new people into the fold and, and, uh, adding new family members. So, uh, so Tony's going to have some insights that maybe some of the rest of us don't necessarily have dealing with, with brand new, firearms folks um but when it comes to the carry part um the first thing i gotta mention before i go on because i almost forgot we have to have this disclaimer none of us on this panel are attorneys none of us are legal experts and we are not offering any legal advice anything that that is told tonight is for informational purposes only please do your own research and please learn your state laws because what is true in my state is not necessarily true in new jersey virginia or wherever you are so uh, that being said, I think I've covered our legal our butts legally here now, at least uh, we can we can uh, discuss some stuff. So. Um, all right. So the first thing that I want to to mention is just can I carry without a permit? And, and this is going to be and if anybody has anything to add, just speak up. We won't go around the horn on this one. Um, the short answer is you need to learn your state laws. Uh, in, in the state of Nebraska, yes, if you open carry, then you can carry without a permit, except for Omaha. It's different. They got their own laws. We don't have preemption. 
Um, in other states, open carry may or may not be legal. Concealed carry may or may not be legal without a permit. So short answer is that is a question for, for your state police or your local law enforcement. They'll, they'll know the answers, um, but make sure that you are uh, not just asking a, a group on Facebook or putting out a, a tweet saying, hey, I need some help. Make sure you're actually contacting a reputable law enforcement body to get the correct answers on that one, okay? And I think we can we can probably all agree with that. Does anybody have anything else to add to that that I left out? I'll say something real quick. You know, first thing a person's going to do is do a Google search, and then all the websites are going to come up that talk about gun carry laws for different states. Yeah. Those don't always get updated that often, and things yeah. can change over the course of one voting season, even though like USCCA or US Law Shield, whatever, they got great websites for those things. And there's apps you can get that tell you carry rules and concealed carry laws. Mm -hmm. But again, call local law enforcement if you don't know. Hopefully they'll know. You know, they should. But uh, don't just count on the Google searches giving you the correct answer. And sometimes it can be hard to understand those apps and the language they use in the apps themselves. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And also, um, I'd like to say uh, U.S. Law Shield, USCCA. I know U.S. Law Shield has attorneys that you can call non-emergency numbers to ask them. Because asking law enforcement doesn't mean asking your cousin's husband's son who right. works as a cop too. That's not contacting law enforcement. Right. So, I mean, if, if you're going to contact them, I actually call them up. But uh, another way is to actually go through one of these uh, insurance companies mm -hmm. and uh, ask their lawyer if you have access to one for free or as part of your membership. Yeah. Again, a, an attorney that works in that state is going to be going to give you good information. Um, yeah. Otherwise, just contact the actual agency itself. Contact the, the state police headquarters or the uh, the county sheriff's office and and get it from somebody that's that's reputable. Not necessarily the first person that answers the phone. They may have to transfer you to to somebody that actually knows all that stuff. Um, most of the department websites have pretty decent FAQ sections now too. I know Nebraska State Patrol has a great FAQ section on on concealed carry. It doesn't really talk about open carry just because uh, in Nebraska there's no law against it, which makes it legal. So, well, and I'll second what Tony said. I firsthand have called Law Shield when I first started carrying on three separate occasions, and Dick Clark himself was the one who called me back and answered all my questions. So that was cool. And also check check with your local firearms instruction schools because like the one I one I go to, um, they on their website they do a really good job of not so much the law stuff, but they'll keep a good list of where nationally and locally you can carry and where you can't too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and that's also nice to know, especially if you live in a state where um having a sign posted on the door carries the weight of law some states you can ignore it and be okay other states you cannot this is a state you cannot if it's on the door you have to abide by it and we can't even get a law passed that standardizes the sign or the placement either so you've got to be on the top of your game here because uh, you don't want to get that misdemeanor charge second offense i believe is a felony so uh don't want that um and with with permitless carry hopefully uh rolling through yet before the the year is over then uh even more people are going to need to be cognizant and that's why we're talking about this because we've got what seven seven or eight states that are potentially set to join the the club this year 
with with constitutional carry i think so uh there's going to be a lot of of people that are going to be able to carry without a permit that aren't used to it and and of course carrying without a permit double-edged sword right uh it's it's our right the constitution says it's our right we don't need to we don't need to take a class and get a permit to exercise any of the other rights that we're given however it's just smart when you carry a small destructive device and you have in the palm of your hand the ability to take a life that kind of power comes with responsibility right so we just want everybody to get the best info take a class if you can afford it if you can't then find the right resources and and get the best info that you can get for for the money that you can spend for it um yeah i don't know about us law shield i spend a lot of time on uscca's website just because i am certified through them as is edward and they've got some great resources out there too so um again just make sure that uh if, if you're going through a what do i i'm i'm not using this necessarily in a bad way but just it's more of a clearing house for information um i don't know if you uscca has local attorneys on scene um or if they just have people that uh that are you know plugged into to trying to keep up with the laws so again just remember that the info may or may not be up to date and in double checking with somebody in a given state is always going to be the the best way to make sure that that, that doesn't uh uh you know information doesn't get out there that's it's not misinformation it's just just out of date that's all that's not not intentionally deceiving um but yeah good stuff good stuff all right anything else we need to say about can i carry without a permit um just in virginia last year and hopefully it'll get reversed but last year and as of now localities can make their own decisions on what they want to make enforceable um, even, you know, stricter than state law. So if I drive across Fairfax County where I live, I could possibly run into five different sets of ordinance. Wow. So no statewide preemption in Virginia either, you're saying? Hopefully that will go back with this this year, but we've got yeah. our fingers crossed. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something too. Depending on where you live, you may cross state lines, not only county lines or 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 jurisdictional boundaries within the state or within the county, but you might cross state lines in your day. Um, excuse me, where where Tony lives, I mean, you're not very far from, what, three or four different states, right? I can pop across to Pennsylvania or New York on one side, and uh, yeah, Delaware on the other, like yeah. that. So, so yeah, you've got to, if, if you're traveling around and you're crossing any state lines, and, and here's the thing, uh, if you're a tourist and you cross a state line without knowing it, that's on you you still need to know that uh so make sure that if you're in an area that you've got access to stay up with with all the laws in all the areas in which you are planning or potentially likely to get into um so uh so yeah okay um where can i carry my firearm um this is something again that may be really hard to to get into detail with because it's it's going to vary again from state to state from maybe county maybe city um so that's going to go back to really the same answer make sure that you're keeping up on that find out what establishments um you know just for an example i'm going to use nebraska because that's where i live here in nebraska you cannot carry concealed into a place of worship a hospital or emergency room um 
any building with a courtroom. So county courthouse, state capitol, since the Supreme Court is in there. Uh, you can open carry in the capitol, but you can't uh, concealed carry in our capitol mm-hmm. building. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's, where else am I? Of course, schools, um, banks in Nebraska you cannot carry into. Any establishment that derives over half of its income from liquor sales, the 50-50 rules in place. Um, and if you don't know, you have to ask. And chances are that the people that you ask aren't going to know either. So when in doubt, you just have to take a chance and disarm, I guess. Better better safe than a felon. So, or better unsafe than a felon. I don't know which is better. Um, but again, if you uh, you can't go with, if, you know, what they don't know won't hurt them or won't hurt me. Because if you get caught with it, um, well, just just to, over the last what, last weekend or the weekend before, state wrestling tournament in, in Lincoln. Uh, or Omaha, I guess it was. Um, there's a picture of a guy, a dad, I'm guessing, um, on the sidelines, cheering, ha- both hands up in the air. His shirt rode up. He's appendix carrying a pistol inside the school gym. There, uh, the picture that I saw was, you know, help help us track this guy down because a warrant's been issued for his arrest. So face is just plain as day. I mean, he's he's busted. Um, so if you're going to break the law, don't be stupid about it, but don't break the law. Um, but, but again, I mean, you know, disarm, you're going into a school. That's everybody knows there's no excuse. You can't say you didn't know, um, wherever you live, I guarantee you, you can't say you didn't know and get off that way. There's no defense. Uh, Ignorance is never a defense. Ignorance of the law. So, so just if I can stress only one thing tonight make sure that you are checking all of your laws because they can be a mess they can be just a a whole spider web of of different laws that you need to keep track of as a firearm owner especially if you're going to carry that thing outside your house yeah you need so i want to touch there could be kind of extremes like that like a couple examples i know of like where i work for example one entrance to the parking lot where i work is on the pub uh, the link of the school school grounds the office building and one entrance isn't which is fine however if i'm pulling into work first off i can't carry at work so i have to disarm when i get there anyway if i were to say get a pull over for speeding and had to pull up on that that at that entrance there that's on the school grounds that could be a bad thing. So there's kind of city ordinance there. Also, some places you go, obviously you're not going to, you can't carry in the post office, but some places you can't even have it on the, on the parking lot. So if you're need to run mm-hmm. in the post office, you, there's, there's yeah. certain caveats. You need to find those things out. And that's the stuff that new gun owners need if, to learn. It if you're in small town, USA post office on main street, you can park on the street. Then Yes, your firearm can be in your vehicle. You do have to, of course, disarm before you go into the post office. It's a federal building. If your post office is like the one in my town where they took the one out of the middle of town because it was leased property, they didn't want to keep the lease going. And there was an old distribution center out on the edge of town that that had been closed down. So they just put the post office in that building that they already owned. It was already federal property. But you have to uh, drive off the highway, go two blocks north and then you drive on to post office property the whole parking lot is federal ground and you cannot have a firearm in your vehicle at all when you're there which i really wish they'd put lock boxes in 
just off the edge of the property so I could just drop in 50 cents and lock up my, my firearm and then drive in, you know, because the problem that I have is, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if I forget to stop by my house or if I'm going from my house to the post office and I, I forget to leave my firearm home, then I, I'm up a crick. I cannot, I can't even leave it in the vehicle legally. That's, that's well, a no-no. And other places too, and I'm sure other place, other, it's not just us here at Lincoln that have that, but like Travis's favorite store and my favorite store, Shields. You can carry in Shields, but the rest of that property is a mall, which is a gun-free zone. And some people don't realize they might shop in Shields and they might, oh, let's go to Gap or let's go to whatever. You then have to go to your car and, and disarm and stow it legally according to your city ordinances before you can go to those other stores without breaking the law. So there's, there's a lot of stuff you need to learn when you do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, very, very good point. I like that. So, so yeah, um, where can you carry? That's again, that's going to be dependent on where you live and what the what the state laws are. But federal property, no firearms, just that's a given. So make sure you know that one. Uh, don't try to take a tour of uh, of a, a military base. And, and take that with you because that's that's bad. They will not let you. You can't have that in your car with you. You have to leave it home uh, or in the hotel or wherever you are. So, um, all right. So let's move just along. This one, again, this is why I said we're not lawyers and we're not giving legal advice. And I'm going to say it again because all of the information is strictly for uh, conversational and informational use, education and entertainment. And we are not giving out any kind of legal advice, so please don't take it as such. Uh, the next question is going to be, when am I justified using my firearm? Uh, legal use of force varies a little bit as far as definitions from state to state, but almost every jurisdiction is going to, to agree on the basics. Um, so, so basically here in Nebraska, deadly force and when you pull out a firearm, it's deadly force. There's there's no way to say that, you know, oh, I fired a warning shot. Well, discharging a firearm is deadly force. So, so the, <laughs> yeah, we, we can cover that the warning shot here in a second. Um, but let's talk about the the actual uh, justification for deadly force. So, uh, in Nebraska, as in from what I'm learning, most places, imminent threat. An imminent threat means. If you don't act, this is going to happen. It's either you use your firearm or this happens. That's what imminent threat means. There's, there's no gray area there. If there's a gray area, then you shouldn't be using the firearm. Imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury, which means a trip to the emergency room, not a trip to the first aid kit. Um, if, it's a, if it's a split lip, no. But if it's a caved-in skull, then of course, you know, that's, that's going to be the thing. Um, imminent threat of death, serious bodily injury, rape, or kidnapping. Those are the four instances in Nebraska when deadly force is justified. Um, as far as other states, either of you guys that aren't from Nebraska, do you, you know of any other uh, addendums to that? Well, I can throw this one in, okay. <clears throat> and this just muddies the water. Sure. Um, if you have a duty to retreat in your state, yeah. If you have to run away. Uh, New Jersey is not one of those, though. New Jersey, you do not have a duty to retreat. You can defend yourself. You can, if you must. 
but that's also good to know. I it, look, it's ridiculous. That's the thing you actually, need to know. I just can't believe there's actually something that New Jersey is more free than Nebraska. Like, do they even have guns there? I don't think they even have guns there. <laughs> if they have a permit, really, Dutch one. When did that happen? Yeah, so, you know, duty to retreat. You really need to know what retreating is. Yes. You know, can you try to verbally dis? You know, de-escalate. Do you really need to actually try to leave the area? Can you just give your best effort to leave and then defend yourself? Those those are all kind of gray areas depending on your state. And yep. and that I mean, speaking of muddying the water, um, you know, it's it's almost inevitable if you have to discharge your firearm in self defense then you just need to expect that you will be on trial. I mean, it, there's times it doesn't go to trial and, and no charges are filed, but you need to plan on it's going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be put on trial for this. So again, there's another way to help determine if the situation is warranted, you know, um, is this, you know, is going on trial is getting arrested worth what I'm about to do, you know, to save my own life. And then if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, save your life, worry about the trial, you know, cross that bridge later. But yeah, if there's a duty to retreat and here in Nebraska, same thing, unless you're in your house or your place of work, there is a duty to retreat. If you're home or at work, you don't have to run. You can stand your ground there, but that's it. Not in public. Um, and so, um, that being the case, then you've got to not only determine whether or not you can get away in the however much time you have to make a decision, split second, you may have to convince a, a prosecutor and or a jury that you couldn't feasibly escape a situation. You physically were unable to outrun your assailant or something to that effect. I mean, you know, it it's it's there's so much nuance that goes into it then uh, i'm glad you brought that up though tony because that is definitely something that people need to be made aware of is is that too and that's something else that you need to find out where you live where you work where you play if there's a duty to retreat because uh a lot of people and here's the other thing stand your ground the places that have that and you don't have to try to run away first stand your ground is not a license to kill and it's not a shoot first and ask questions later law. So don't let anybody try to uh, to be disingenuous and tell you otherwise. It just means that you don't have to try to run first. If you don't think you can get away uh, or whether or not you can, if somebody comes up and sticks a, a knife in your face and says your wallet or your life. And uh, if, if you know what, if you can get away and you don't think they're going to kill you, if you give them the wallet, give them the wallet. There's nothing in there that can't be replaced. Um, if you think that give them the wallet and they're still going to try and cut you, then sure. You're going to have to defend yourself, right? You've got to be able to, to make that decision to make that termination, but you don't have to try and pepper spray them or sucker punch them or whatever, and try to run away first. And, and you don't have to prove to a jury later on that you couldn't get away. And, and that's where I, I have such an issue with duty to retreat because the burden of proof falls on the defendant to prove that they couldn't get away. And, and, uh, really the burden of proof needs to be on the prosecution to prove that, that you could have, but that's not how it sits. And, and it's, it's not the way that due process was, was designed to be. Um, but, uh, but going back to, you know, justifications of deadly force, I mean, any, anybody have anything that you want to add to, to maybe 
say it a little little uh, more plainly than what I did or something like that? Well, I'll just say a lot of people don't don't realize that they can't like defending your home, like your property, isn't justified. It has to be, and it, and I was surprised yeah. to find out it doesn't have to be new gun owners that don't know that. My own stepfather, <laughs> yeah. we were having a conversation. We were I was back home for I don't remember it was Christmas or Thanksgiving a couple years ago, and I was explaining it to him, and he is a um, army or he's a he's a veteran. Uh, served over in, in um, I think he was in Korea. Any, anyway, <clears throat> no, he's Vietnam. But anyway, he didn't. He's like, wait a minute. You mean if someone's on my property, I can't go outside and take care of it if I need to, if they're threatening me? No. If they break into the house, you can. But if you do it outside, you're in deep trouble. So it doesn't have to be new gun owners that don't know this stuff. It's it's people who think they know what's going on and, and they've been doing it for years. And what they think they know would get them in a lot of trouble. Well, in mind too, a lot of states, uh, pets are property, not family members. Yes, yes, animals are are not people. That's true. Um, and and another thing that happens too is let's let's go back here just just to have a click backwards, and differentiate between using force and using deadly force. Using your firearm is deadly force because the potential is there that that person's going to die. Right? We don't we don't. As trainers, we don't teach people to kill. We teach people to stop the threat. You shoot until the threat is over. If the person is alive, then render first aid if you want to, or call an ambulance to do it if you don't know how. But, uh, you know, if, if they're incapacitated, you don't walk up and finish them. You know, it's not Mortal Kombat here. That's murder then. Um, but, uh, it, it, and there's a very good chance that in stopping that threat, the person's life ends. I mean, it's, you've got to, that happens that that happens a lot uh in in self-defense cases that's deadly force 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 can be justifiable in almost every jurisdiction to defend property not deadly force so i'm talking about um going out and accosting someone and saying you know hey get off my lawn um and if they come at you and you take you know you go into fisticuffs that's force that's not deadly force but you can you most jurisdictions you can use force to throw somebody off your property or whatever is the case get them out of there um but again if it's going to turn into a a case of deadly force you've got to you've got to make sure that you're not the instigator that that you know if you had a chance to de-escalate you took that chance versus versus escalating things i mean there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into that too but there's a difference between force and deadly force so if if somebody's got your stuff and you tackle them to get your stuff back that is as far as i know there's not a jurisdiction where that's not acceptable especially if you're still on your property but if uh if somebody's got your stuff and they're running out you know a, both hands full of television you know 65 inch tv it's going to take two hands to carry they cannot threaten your life with both hands wrapped up around a television so you cannot shoot them in the back running out the door with your television and say that you were justified using deadly force because your life wasn't in danger then. And uh, so again, that's defense dad. You're right on. Um, It's not just new gun owners. If I hear probably the thing that I hear the most out of all firearm owners that I have conversations with is, you know, Hey, if somebody comes through my door, I'm going to open fire. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I hope your family can 
visit you through glass for the next five to 20 years or whatever it's going to be, because you may find yourself locked up. And will you? I don't know. But the chance is there, especially if people just come in the door and you start blasting. Again, depending on the state, depending on the jurisdiction, that may not that may not warrant that. So um, you have to be able to prove that your life was in danger. So keep that in mind, everybody, um, especially those of you that uh, that, you know, have been firearm owners for a long time and have a, a home defense gun set up. Make sure that you know when you can and when you cannot use that, because that is, you know, it, it's not just about saving your life at the moment. It's about saving your life down the road and your way of living. So if you've got a spouse or a significant other, you've got dependents that, that are counting on you to not only come home tonight, but to be there every night moving forward. You know, if you get locked up for, for manslaughter charges and, and you're spending 15 years behind bars, then how are you being there for your family? That's still not good, right? Plus lawyer bills and, and everything else that it's going to cost you. Um, financially and then cost your reputation, you know, socially, I mean, all that stuff, it's going to take a toll. So, so have some of that stuff thought through before the time comes to, to actually have to find out that you made a mistake. So. And when you're trying to figure out if it's time to pull a firearm or not, like, especially what if you're, you think you're going to defend someone else. I don't know if it's standard Ooh. firearm instructor uh, saying or not, but I heard this in my CCW class and it kind of hit home. My instructor said, before you pull that gun, the person you're going to protect, is that a person you would donate a kidney to? And we all kind of looked at him like weird, but it's like, you know, you are probably going to jail if you do shoot someone. And you don't want to say you wouldn't help anybody, but like you, you have a family to think about, too. Yeah. Yeah. The way I heard it was um, the way I heard it was it's that a person you'll give fifteen to twenty thousand dollars to because that's going to be the cost of your lawyer just to retain them more than likely. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's really important that you do think it through. What would it take for you to pull a firearm? You have to go there with your mind first. So yes. you're not sitting there playing. Um, what would I do when you see the guy at the convenience store getting robbed or the lady who you've bought coffee from getting robbed at the store It's like, well, do I pull my firearm or do I just let this thing go by and try to be a good witness? There's a really good class that I took from Masada Ayub, um, Armed Citizen Engagement. It's a 20-hour class over two days, and he goes into a collegiate level of when you can actually apply force and how much force you can apply. Um, they're, long they're long days. You'll take at least 36 pages of notes if you're a bad note-taker like me. <laughs> but uh, it's worth its weight in gold as far as really understanding what you can do and when. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you brother. go to Massad's class. He, you might start thinking that dude's trying to talk you out of owning the gun. Totally. I mean, just he gives yeah. you so much information. You're like, is the guy anti-gun? Is he a Brady plant? <laughs> it's, it's a heavy class. It's a heavy class. It needs to be. It's a heavy topic. Do but, you ever uh, wonder if someone thinking about getting a gun learned all the stuff we're talking about ahead of time that we're talking about tonight, and they really would stop and think about if they really want to go through it or not? <laughs> You know, I was teaching a concealed carry class this past weekend, and one of the girls there had yet not yet purchased, and she was actually freaking out with questions, and I could see it on her face. She was, 
question if she really wanted to go down this route. It's Good. it's something that, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know in, in Nebraska how many people take a concealed carry course that, you know, are brand new to firearms. I, I guess I'll find out when I start offering them myself. But um, as far as that part goes, here, it, it this isn't to answer your question, Defense Dad, but the more I think about what you just said, um, if there are people who, upon learning how much responsibility is tied to that firearm, opt out of it and decide it's not for them, I'd much rather they find that out before they buy the gun than after, because, you know, maybe they, they if they had already bought that gun and thought they knew what they needed to know and didn't take all the the classes that they needed to which you know in nebraska i mean nothing's required unless you want to get a permit for concealed carry then there's a class required but nothing else is is required to to purchase and and possess a firearm but yeah i wish more people understood the responsibility that comes with it before they ever make that jump to to become a uh, responsibly armed citizen because that's what it all comes down to right we want responsibly armed citizens we don't want the people that that buy the gun and think they can shoot first and ask questions later. There's nobody on this panel that wants that. And there's nobody in my circle of friends that are pro 2A that want that because all you do is make our work harder for us, if that's the case. And yeah. and I'm not saying that, that I'm against people owning guns, but there are people that we can all agree. There are people out there in the world that shouldn't have guns. We know that. We don't want those people having guns any more than the antis do. Sometimes that person is the the person that refuses to consider consequences. That they may not be a criminal, but they're not responsible enough to, in their mind, go all the way through the scenario of what what if, and if they're not that responsible, then I'm okay with them not being a firearm owner. I really am. I want the people that are at least cognizant of the responsibility, are willing to learn what they need to, to to be responsible, those are the folks that I want in my classes. Those are the folks that I want in my circles. Now, well, I asked that. Oh, sorry, I, real quick. I asked that question because I don't know about you, where you guys are at, but I think a lot of people are finding out af after the fact, just based on how full the used gun cases are at our local stores with guns that look like they're if they've been fired, maybe a hundred and so rounds, um, which is good for us. But like, yeah, I was going to say, don't don't make people don't don't, don't put that question out there. That, that's going to make those, it, it's going to make yeah. <laughs> but those people who invested that much money, then they find out, and then they lose money. I'd rather have I'd rather have them make that decision ahead of time. I guess I'd rather people be educated, um, but I in no way want people to be required to take training before they can own a firearm at all. But yes, I wish everyone would be clear-headed about what deadly force is and the responsibilities that come with being a firearms owner. Yeah. But I, I don't think it should be something that you're, I don't think your ignorance of it should prohibit you from owning it. No, right. I just, I just think they find out sometimes it gets overwhelming <laughs> for them. Like they bought this gun and then they, they start finding like, okay, I'm going to carry it. Like all the stuff we're talking about, like, where can I carry it? Okay. If I got, two car seats in my arms and I can't carry my gun. I got to put my kids back in the car. I got whatever so I can disarm. So that's the kind of stuff that I think scares some yeah. people off. And the other thing is, 
So the anti-gunners, like like John was saying, like they they portray us gunners as people who just want to get the gun, want to be able to shoot, do whatever they want to. They have no idea how much research we actually do. The overwhelming majority of gun owners that I know, we know all this stuff. We've done the research. We know the responsibility. We know the 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 liability to us. So we're sure way safer than someone who just has a gun at home and never takes it out of the closet and thinks they're going to take it out. I mean, and we the, the amount of research that gun owners in America do, uh, the, the anti-gunners have no idea. So their stereotype that they want to portray of us is just ridiculous. Sure. And I think that the, the folks we're talking about may be the exception to the rule. I really hope is is the case anyway, that uh, the, the folks that, that – aren't responsible enough or don't want to take responsibility i really hope that is the exception and, and not the rule and and g webs out there on the youtube side has been making some really good comments and i i want to uh i want to put those up on screen but before i do um anything else that we need to mention as far as as using uh uh deadly force or justifiable use of it well i wanted to, to mention say. more so about training um because with a lot of the people that I run into, especially the ones that come to me for private lessons, they don't want to take training because they don't feel like they're good enough to take training. And so that kind of is, they don't seem to understand the whole point of training is to bridge that gap, is to build your skills. And right. then go off and practice on your own. It's kind of like uh, some people are hesitant to get training because they, they feel like they should get some training before they go get training. It's kind of like if you hired somebody to come in and clean the house, but you clean the house before they get there so they don't think that you're a complete pig, right? Because you don't want them to see how bad it really is, so you show them the best the best part of it, and then they get to clean some too. Yeah, it really is a vicious circle, right? And it can be very prohibitive. Uh, people can, can just get stuck in that loop and, and get locked up. You, that's a very good point. So, yes, if you've never had any training, Find a firearm instructor who is okay with somebody who's never touched a firearm before. And, and uh, especially if you can see reviews and recommendations, seek out an instructor that's, that works with brand new people. You don't have to be any good. In fact, the instructors and even, even Travis and Shane, I'm, I'm sure will nod their heads along with this too, just from, from observational experience. But the people who have never touched a fire, firearm before in their life tend to be some of the best shooters right off Absolutely. the bat because they don't have any bad habits to overcome. Yeah, uh, I, I had that experience a couple weekends ago when, when I took my first student to the range. And, uh, yeah, she had, she had never, uh, never fired a firearm, and I don't think she'd ever held a handgun in her life until that day. And, uh, I mean, the, the groups that she was putting in that paper at five yards were just amazing. <laughs> I wish I had been that good when I was new. So uh, it's not me. It, it's her. She was just a natural. Um, and not everybody's going to be a natural. Some people are going to have to work harder at it. So find a firearm instructor that understands that and is going to work with you at your pace, um, but is, is not going to shame you or, or make you feel like you don't belong. Because you do. You belong. So... Real quickly, I just wanted to address G Web's. I, I wasn't trying to focus on the negative stuff. I, I well, hope hold I on, we're gonna we're gonna get there, but I'm gonna take his comments out of order here. Okay. So so real quick, I just want to mention. Um, let's see, where'd they go to? I lost him in the scroll here. Uh, millions of people do own guns. There are few accidents or negligent issues. 
I mean, with millions in a few years, if there were really these issues, they would be used against us. No. And that's a great point. Um, we aren't hearing about this. And, and if that was happening regularly, I guarantee the news would be snapping these stories up and, and the local affiliates would get it up to the nationals and, and they, it would go viral. Um, if there was a, an epidemic of negligent discharges, right. Or, or negligent uses or irresponsible uses. So that's a very great point. Uh, he also says gun accidents are down over the decades. Even gun crimes are down. New gun owners are coming into a more aware community than any of us old guys who grew up with guns had until recently. And that's a great point, too, because, yeah, people are talking about this stuff. And and I think the people may not know everything they need to know, but I think more people are cognizant of the responsibility that gets tied in with with owning and carrying a firearm. And that's a good thing. And I hope that's the case, too. And I, I hope that more people are willing to seek out training, especially in the states where you don't have to pay for a permit. So you can take that money and apply it towards uh, another class or more ammo for practice or whatever it is. Um, so. All right. So then the, the comment that uh, the defense dad was was going to bring up there. I'm going to put that up on the screen now. In G-Web's opinion, we're dwelling on the worst case scenarios. If we were talking about new drivers, would we only talk about car accidents or would we talk about trips, maps, and the perfect model of car? Well, part of driver's ed class is learning how to steer into a skid, right? And and that kind of stuff. I mean, you have to know a little bit about what to have, but what to do when uh, when it hits the fan. That's just part of being a responsible driver. And part of being a responsible gun owner is knowing what to do if and when it hits the fan. But as gun guys, we like to talk about uh, the equivalence of trips and maps and the perfect model of car, right? We like to talk about guns and gear and stuff and holsters and whatnot. And so uh, the reason I waited on that comment was because it's great segue. I think G-Webs must be able to see my private notes here uh, <laughs> because now we're going to get into the fun stuff. We got the... I don't know, the scary stuff, the alarmist stuff well, out of the way at the, at the top of the show. But we're going to talk about mm. not specifically specific models, brands, right? I mean, that's going to that's, that's be, uh, again, a, a very private journey. So we're going to talk about some gear, some holsters and things like that. But we're going we're gonna to be more general as far as what we're going to recommend. Doesn't have to be this brand or this model because what fits you in your lifestyle may not fit me in my lifestyle. It's the same with shoes. It's the same with jeans. Um, and what have I always heard, ladies, when it comes to picking out a gun, if you wouldn't trust a man to pick you out a purse, you shouldn't trust him to pick you out a gun. You need to do that <laughs> with somebody that you can trust on both of those things. Um, because a dude's not going to know the right fit for a purse for you nine times out of ten. And nine times out of 10, that same dude or, or the dude in your life is probably not going to be the one to talk to about uh, picking out the right gun either. And if if you have that person in your life that actually knows how to help somebody pick out their gun, then, yeah, use that uh, use that asset. But a lot of people don't have that person and, and a lot of people think they're that person and they're not, as Tony was alluding to. Uh, earlier tonight you know talking about the the person you know the heart was in the right place the advice wasn't necessarily bad advice it just didn't really fit the person it was given to at the time and and that's where you've got to find somebody to help you that knows 
how to help fit the the advice to the person to the specific situation and then knows how to help you pick out your own thing um and, and what's going to fit you best so we're going to talk about some some holsters some uh you know what goes along with carrying a firearm you need a, a not only a quality holster you need a quality belt and I'm going to throw that out there because not enough people talk about belts. We all want to talk about holsters because we all have at least a, a drawer or box or what have you full of them, right? If you've been carrying for more than two years, you're going to have a good half dozen holsters or more. Uh, just because, and some people have a whole box of stuff they that they don't use, you know, that's boxed a box up. Box of bad decisions. Right, a box of bad decisions. Or... Maybe not bad decisions, just, well, I thought I wanted this one and then I got it home and it wasn't what I wanted and didn't have a return policy or what have you. Um, so, excuse me, when it comes to, to carrying a firearm, quality belt, number one, because if your gun is heavy enough that it's pulling your pants down, all you're going to do all day long is adjust that thing. And if you're concealed carrying, the, the whole goal is that nobody knows it's there. So if you're calling attention to it, then and having to constantly readjust it, pull up your pants, that kind of stuff, um, then, uh, you know, you, you're defeating your own purpose. If it's open carry, still, you don't want to have to do that. If it's a if it's a weak belt or or no belt at all, but that's one of the, the worst mistakes I think people could make is no belt at all. But even if it's a weak belt you're going to have to really cinch that butter down to hold that holster in place. And, and I know from, from my own past experience as a new concealed carrier that I didn't buy a quality belt nearly early enough in my journey. And I depended on having to cinch that sucker down, which is fine unless you actually want to breathe or bend or something like that. Um, then it's not the most comfortable. Um, if you've got a very, very rigid belt, something that's either, you know, multiple layers, it's been stiffened or it's got, mine's a steel core running between two layers of leather. Um, so something like that, that is designed to carry a firearm without sagging, you, you just, it does so much more than just hold your belt and your pants up. It, it does it, it does it well. And, and that's, that's worth a lot. There's a reason why good quality, uh, everyday carry belts, you, you don't find those for 30, 40 bucks. You know, you can, you can find belts for 10 bucks all day long, but that doesn't mean they're going to be good. So, um, anything else that we need to talk about with belts? And yes, there are lots of ways that people without belts can still carry, but we're not going to get into the, the specifics. We're just going to say that most people, are going to have it either in their waistband or outside their waistband. And if you're going to do that, put it on a good belt. The belt is a frame for the house. I mean, that basically Ooh, like that. is what holds up everything. I'm going to use that from now on. I like that. You're going to want that belt probably a size bigger than you normally wear because that gun eats up some of that space. Yep. And that's another thing that we're going to talk about here with wardrobe in a second too, as, as far as buying your pants and things like that. Um, but yes, that's a great point. Maybe. And it depends on <clears throat> it depends on what company you buy it from because uh, the belt I have is for concealment. Um, but they just want your waist size. They want to know your you know your waist size, and they figure out and do the math from there. So it just depends on who you buy it from. 
Sure. Well, I, I got a question for Tony, and because you're a big guy as I as am I. You're good, man. So <laughs> I personally like a leather belt without a steel core because I got Dunlop's disease. My belly Dunlop's over my belt, and those really <laughs> rigid belts. While I have one, they're not comfortable for all day. I use that for when I go to classes and range use. But I have it's a gun belt, but it's a leather one because it does allow it to contour to the how big guys' uh, waist kind of flow. <laughs> mine looks like a leather belt, and it is stiff. Um, and <clears throat> but it still works. And it was a little uncomfortable when I got it, but I'm years into it, and it still yeah. maintains its shape. Um, a little of it was me getting used to it, though. I mean, really, that stiffness is going to be there. Uh, I used to carry a 1911 on a web belt. That's a whole lot of bad decisions. <laughs> well, and I get, and I know I will get into this, but a lot of guys, you know, listening to a device that looks like some from someone who looks like John Lowell or something like that in really good shape and everything, what's comfortable for them ain't going to be comfortable for me. So you you got to learn what works for you. You got to yeah, work around it. I'm not taking advice from anybody that can keep their pants up without a belt. <laughs> they're not yeah. shaped like me. Spencer um, Keepers is a good resource. If you can appendix carry, don't talk to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, over uh, there, I actually appendix. Go eat something. Go eat, and then we'll talk. I, so I actually appendix carry. Oh, so don't God. talk to Travis. Oh. Is what he's saying. Oh, man. I actually appendix good. carry. Oh, uh, and uh, I tried. <laughs> over on the Facebook side, Richard Powell wants to know: Would you recommend a leather belt or tactical belt? So, by tactical belt, I don't know if that means like a rigger's belt or an actual like a like a war well, belt type of a setup. I'm not sure exactly what you mean, Richard. If if you want, would uh, drop another comment and just kind of clarify that. But ultimately, um, if it's not leather, then make sure that it's it's still rigid enough. Like I said, I, I like steel core. The, the brand that I buy from is, is Bigfoot. I'm not here to plug Bigfoot and there's great belts from a lot of makers, but I use them because I found that they work. They work for me. The one I'm wearing right now is, is nylon. Uh, it's got a Cobra buckle and all, but that far on either side of the buckle has a steel core still sewn into it. And so, you know, it's adjustable. I can, I can, uh, let it out or, or cinch it down or whatever a little bit with uh um with that do your ring buckle and then it's a then it's a cobra buckle for easy easy on and off and yeah it, it does the job for me too same company just not leather i i'm actually on my second leather belt and that's not because the first one wore out it's because uh i i ran out of holes when i lost weight and i had to buy a smaller one so that's actually that's a good thing um richard was saying nylon or leather so do you guys have a preference as far as nylon or leather, as long as it's doing its job and it doesn't sag? And a lot of that too is going to be, you know, where you're going, how you're dressing, because sure, you know, if you're wearing a suit, you're going to look awfully funny in a nylon belt and it might, you know, draw some attention to you. Yeah. So. And a lot of companies make dressed up executive style belts, suit belts that are steel reinforced or, you know, rigid for bearing weight. Like I'm, like I've, I've got a bunch of different belts that I bounce between. I think Core Essentials is one of them, and they've got like dress-looking belts that are leather with the steel core that'll bear the weight, but they're thin belts and they look very dressy. Mm -hmm. yeah, you like choose your style of buckle, you know, that you want. So, me, I use thick leather belts. They're thick, they're rigid. Um, uh, or I, I do have a nylon, but I mean, I, I you don't you don't want to just go get like a Walmart leather belt. You want a gun belt. 
Um, and my nylon, I, I do, so not necessarily brands, but I have Next Belt, which is my actual, I guess not to learn. It, it's okay to drop the names of the brands. I'm, I'm not, we're not here okay. to plug them, but if they work, somebody yeah. can check them out. Cool. So oh, there's well, two then. major brands. There's Next Belt or Core Essentials out there. They're both the nylon, but they have, like, mine's got the polymer reinforced rather than steel. Mm -hmm. It flexes a little more. I, for me, it's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't wear belts, don't like wearing belts, or wear like sweats or stuff a lot, there's an Enigma holster uh, that yeah. that is out that pretty much you can wear in your underwear um, because it actually the belt goes around you, um, not you, not through your clothing. Uh, so that's been a game changer, big time. <clears throat> you get the holster for it. You can put it on. You can put your sweats on. You can put stuff on like scrubs, and you can still carry under them. And uh, Sarah, Sarah and uh, her husband are people I know and friendly with. And I was amazed because I did not know that was their company. But it, it's really cool um, that they come up with a way to carry a firearm that doesn't necessarily mean you have to wear a belt with it. That's awesome. Especially, yeah, scrubs or something like that where people can can uh, carry and they're in healthcare or something like that and be a little bit safer. Yep. Not in Nebraska, obviously, but in some parts where I suppose in Nebraska, if you're not in a hospital, if you're just in a clinic and there's no yeah. no hospital or ER hooked to the building, then it would be legal in Nebraska. Dentist. I mean, you know, there's there are lots of people that wear scrubs. Vet. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, yeah, vets. Like to wear yoga pants and that kind of stuff. Um, apparently, that holster system works really well for that. When I've got a coworker, you mentioned yoga pants. She wears a lot of yoga pants, but she got uh, their tactical yoga pants. They actually have holsters built into them. So there's all sorts. Of, women have a lot more choices than we do. You know, we say that, but at the same time, every lady that I talk to says, yeah, there, there's a lot of choices, but there's a lot of choices overall for women. But p pick one female's body shape. There's not that. There's not a lot of choices for that shape. There's a couple choices for this woman. There's a couple choices for that woman. There's a couple choices for another woman. But I think ladies, as far as body shape and fashion, are are shaped and, and they dress so much more diversely than guys do. I mean, most of the guys that I know are either T-shirt and jeans or they're, you know, they're dockers in a polo shirt or they're suit and tie. I mean, pretty much those three outfits right there for nine out of ten guys I know, probably yeah. more. Um, and uh, those are easy to to dress around when you're concealed carrying. But ladies with skirts or leggings or yoga pants or jeans or slacks or you know whatever pantsuits. I mean, these are all different different things. And then you factor in body shape because most of them aren't going to carry on their waistline like we do. And yeah, I mean thigh holsters ankle holsters belly band holsters bra holsters shoulder holsters purse holsters on body off body there's a ton of different options because there has to be but it well, can, for, it can for ladies out there our brand janae adams check those out the, yeah the, d, d, it's d-e-n-e it's actually dean yeah. adams i think or, is or, or what yes but it's yeah good stuff um yeah. and if you are a lady that is looking to get into concealed carry or you just want some more ideas reach out to the women's groups that are out there dc project is more than just 
uh, a lobby uh, group that goes to Washington to talk to, to legislators. It's made up of a whole bunch of ladies who are gun owners and most of them carry. A lot of them are instructors and they have things that they can can recommend and they know people that, that build this stuff. A girl and a gun, the well-armed woman. Um, there, there's just tons of different ladies groups out there right now and, and they're gaining ground and gaining traction and, and growing. Uh, so check into some of those and see if there's a local chapter near you that you can reach out to. And if not, then email me and uh, it's N E letter N letter E Nebraska N E Sandhills media at Gmail. Email me. If, if you can't find anybody else, email me, I'll put you in contact with some ladies that, uh, that can help put you in contact with more people who can put you in contact with more people. And pretty soon you're going to have a whole network. Um, so, uh, I, I'm, I'm new in the instructing business, but I've, uh, I've got lots of friends in the two A circles. Oh, well-armed woman. I'm re- I, I forgot about that. Thanks G webs. Uh, armed women of America is the new name. So yes, I forgot. And if you're in Nebraska, there is a, a chapter in Lincoln and Omaha. And I think maybe Grand Island is starting up too. So good stuff um all right yeah yep there he he had a typo but now it's uh yep armed women of america or a girl in a gun shooting league or again dc project is a place to start um dean adams d-e-n-e adams is a great manufacturer for for ladies things um like i said there's all kinds of stuff out there but if you don't know even where to start looking, it can be very overwhelming to to even find that starting point. So, again, we we know people who know people. So, um, reach out to us, and, and we'll we'll hook you up with some people who know people who know things. All and right. From a training perspective, you never can go wrong with a a good um, on waistband holster because most of your basic classes that's where they're going to start you out. Yeah. Just you know, not concealed on the hip and, you know, some instructors when you're, especially if it's a concealed carry course or any class where you have to draw from, from concealment, um, a lot of instructors don't even allow inside the waist. They only allow outside the waist to, to start with for that class. What you carry with is your, your decision later. Um, but to take the class, you've got to have outside the waistband strong side, which if you're right-handed means your right side, if you're left-handed, it's on your left side. That's all that means. You're you're on the same side as that hand. Um, as far as holsters go, now again we could get into a, a month's worth of debates on this. As far as what's better, what's worse, whatever. Uh, just general rule of thumb: number one, high quality. So that uh, that ten dollar Walmart holster that fits every gun. There's a reason why it's ten bucks, and there's a reason why you don't see very many people carrying those out around in public because they're they're designed for one thing to to make walmart ten dollars and if if it's the only thing you can afford then buy it because that holster is better than no holster to carry but if you can afford a, a higher quality one then there's higher quality ones there's better ones out there um leather versus nylon versus kydex which is just a, a plastic so for general terms, plastic, leather, or, or nylon, those are the three main um, materials. Again, they can all be high quality. They can all be made really, really well. 
Um, some people will tell you to stay away from one or the other. And I don't know. I, I tend to think if there's, if there's an instructor that's telling you or, or just an influencer telling you to stay away from a whole material, it's because they had a bad experience once with one and they've decided that they don't want that anymore. Therefore they're going to dissuade you from, from that because you might have the same bad experience. But if you learn about what caused it, you know, and oftentimes it's leather. I think today in today's age, more people are saying, stay away from leather, go with Kydex because Kydex doesn't collapse. When you go to reholster, it's not going to cave in and hook the trigger as much. You know, a worn holster, leather holster can do that when it gets soft. If that's the case, that doesn't mean you need to switch to a whole different style of holster. It means you need a new leather holster. That Yours is old, it's worn out, and you need to do something different. But if you like leather, buy another one of what you had. Sometimes I, uh... you have a, a combination of the two, right? Jane, you can have Kydex and yeah, leather together. I I did want to put this is a bit of a plug, but this is VersaCarry. I have this is my outside the waistband one. I have the inside the waistband. Um, this about three of my gun carry guns work with this firearm. It locks in good, but th- I don't know if you can see it, but this has Kydex sandwiched in between the leather, so it doesn't collapse. So it's it's got the plastic on the inside, and then the leather wraps around it. Yeah, so if I if I pull the fire on practice and dry fire and everything, it doesn't collapse. I can reholster it. And right for me, leathers more. I like a leather sweat guard much better than the full Kydex. And and that's the trade off, right? If it's plastic, it's not going to have any give. It's going to dig into you if you sit or bend or whatever. The leather ones tend to to move with you and flex a little bit better. Um, yeah, there are the hybrid kind. That's a you know, it's a piece of of plastic that's been you know stapled or, or bolted or riveted onto a, a leather back and so that it's it's leather up against you but then there's this the hard shape that isn't going to collapse yeah there's lots of stuff out there but again make sure you're doing your your due diligence um if it's you know joe's fly by night holster company that's slinging them out the back of a van in the alley if it you know, if you're not sure if it's high quality, then then don't buy it. As you start looking into holsters, it won't take you long to learn what's good and what's not. And just because somebody doesn't have a brand name and, and they're building them for cheap, it doesn't mean it's junk. And, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have it. But just if you're not sure, if you're not experienced enough to know, then stick with the, the more reputable holster makers because they're going to give you warranties are going to give you money back guarantees that kind of thing if if it doesn't work for you um but yeah general consensus and if anybody disagrees holler out but um you want something rigid when you go to put the firearm back into it you want to make sure that that holster mouth stays open and and doesn't collapse on you especially if you've got one of those belts that you have to really cinch it tight to to keep it into place if it's a softer holster, that can also collapse that holster. And when you go to put it back in the holster, then you have to start digging around for that opening and trying to either use two hands to do it or feel around with the muzzle and stick it, you know, point it at your, at your side or whatever. It's, it's bad stuff. Um, you know, if, it, you should, and you should always look your holster back into or look your firearm back into its holster anyway. If you can, some of us, I, I can't always see all around myself. Um, 
but I, I do my best to to uh, you know not have to to muzzle myself when I'm reholstering at least. But it comes back down to the quality of the holster that I use, and and the you know finding the methods if I can see it that I'm going to look at it as it goes in so that I know that there's nothing in there. Uh, my shirt hasn't pulled up and gotten in the way that it's going to hook the trigger or part of the holster itself or or who knows what that's uh, potentially going to hit that trigger as it goes down into the holster. We don't want any any negligent discharges so um anything else we need to mention on on holsters yeah. comes time to looking yeah i think one like you said <clears throat> you can holster with one hand and it stays open you want that to happen yeah. two you wanted to cover the trigger guard completely uh that's another thing that's very important I uh, that. three yeah three you want it for your specific firearm one size fits all only means one thing it doesn't fit any so you get one for your specific firearm. I think those are three things that I think are more important than the material it's made out of. If you nail yeah. those three things, I think any of those materials are fine. But again, if it's in the holster, you shouldn't be able to pull the trigger, whether that's pushing up against the leather and it has enough give in it, that you can get that thing to go bang uh, or, or with a nylon. So uh, I probably left something out, but those are the three things I tell people to really look at. If right, you can holster point. it without, you can holster it with one hand without having to hold it open, thereby muzzling your hand or missing it completely. Uh, the other thing is, again, have to cover that trigger guard and not allow stuff or little fingers, kids or anything else, to get their fingers in there. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> so I think that's it. Uh, uh, and it has to fit your belt. So if it's uh, you have a thin belt but you have an inch and a half loop, it's going to yeah. move around on you and not be in the same place you left it. So however it's retained onto your belt, it has to stay where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And with a little bit of fiddling, uh, any waistband holster, whether it's inside or outside, eventually you're going to find out there's a spot where that holster wants to go. And, and sometimes that's not where you want it to stay, right? Sometimes that's too far back or too far forward or whatever, but it's, it's going to nestle in and find that sweet spot on your hip. And there will be a holster that its sweet spot on your hip is exactly where you want it to ride. And if that's not what you have right now, then you, your quest is not over. You need to find that right holster, right? I mean, just because it fits your firearm and it's specifically made for your gun doesn't mean it's specifically going to fit you. Um, some of them I think are better than others as far as um, molding themselves to your body specifically the the hybrids with the leather backer are very very good about that it takes a, a few weeks to a few months before they're broken in and and they are shaped toward you but they will take your shape and then they'll they'll hold it and they'll want to sit in that same spot where where they fit right and where where they you know conform to you um my my alien gear has got not a leather it's got a synthetic backer very comfortable love that holster um, it's got a spot on my hip where it always wants to to crawl to no matter where I put it um, it's going to go to that spot now nine times out of ten not a big deal uh, it can depending on the firearm I'm using it, it can uh, print a little bit because it just brings the, the the back of the grip just a little bit too far back so you know it can cause a little printing that way but again I don't wear that one unless I know that I'm going to be in a situation where that's not going to be an issue or, or I'm not going to care if it prints a little bit. Um, you know, there are other holsters and other, other firearms that fit better for when I absolutely 
don't want anybody to ever get an inkling that it's there. But my quest is not over either. And I've got that drawer full of holsters and I've got a few that I recommend that work well for me. Um, and again, just because they work for me doesn't mean they're going to work for Travis or, or anybody else that's out there watching or listening. So with holsters, you've got to keep trying. Holsters are like shoes. You might hear, you know, about uh, um, the shoot. I just, I just lost them. Hey dudes. Everybody's heard of Hey Dudes these days. Hey Dudes are, are some of the hottest things going. And and everybody loves Hey Dudes. My boss pretty much only wears Hey Dudes these days. And I bought a pair. And they were great for the first couple months. But I don't know if I've smashed them down enough. Because they're all synthetic. They're, they're, they're very cushy. And they're great for just wearing around a little bit. But if I wear them all day, and that counts if it's my day off, and I don't go anywhere, and I just wear them around the house... By the end of the night, they kill my knees. Like, literally, it feels like I, I've got sand in my knees or glass in my knee joints. It, it kills them. And, and I've traced it back. I've tried them. I've done experiments. It's the shoes. They don't work for me. And, and I love Hey Dudes. They were so comfortable when I first got them, and I wish I could wear them. But it's, it ain't happening. I'm not buying anymore. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not wearing the ones that, that I had anymore either. So... That's a thing that I know now, and it cost me 60 bucks to find that out. Holsters are kind of that way. There are holsters that I've got now that I spent 30 bucks on, and I don't wear them anymore, and it cost me 30 bucks to find out that that's not the one for me. Um, you what I find say, interesting, too, oh, is that, uh, at least for me, I'll use the Glock 48 and the Glock 19 as an example. I have a holster for my Glock 48 that I hated. I, I bought the same one for my 19 because I thought it was a really good holster and I love it for the 19. Mm -hmm. Same carry spot, just a little bit bigger of a gun for some reason. It's more comfortable for that holster. Um, I'm also going to add on if whatever holster you use, if it's a hybrid or if it's Kydex, make sure, make sure you test your uh, hardware. Make sure you check it when you're cleaning your gun. Last thing you want to do is anything have anything come loose. Yes. Yep. Yes, because there's usually belt clips or something that that uh, is held on with screws, right? Chicago screws and things like that. If, it, that if you don't know what a Chicago screw is, it's it's just a, it's a two piece screw, and you know one one piece threads into the other, and it's got a flange on both ends, and and you can it sometimes takes two screwdrivers to to tighten them down, but they they do that because it's easy to take it apart and switch out you know replace the clips or or move them around and adjust them to fit you specifically most holsters come with at least a little bit of adjustment some with some with a lot some with at least a little bit of adjustment on those clips and uh but those screws can work themselves loose yes so make sure that uh that you're checking holsters doing maintenance there too and if it's if it's kydex which is pla if it's any kind of plastic check it for cracks over time that thing can crack, right? Especially if you're wearing it a lot and you've got, you know, a lot of belt tension up against it or you're bumping up against stuff throughout your day or you're like me and you disarm and put it in the vehicle safe to go into someplace and forget the rest of the day to put it back and you're walking around with an empty holster in your belt bumping into stuff, you know, that there's more flex to it, right? It, it can crack more. So I'm not saying that's ever happened today, but it might have. Um when you're, I wasn't when dumb you're... enough to leave it in the vehicle overnight. At least I went out and remembered and went out and got it. So, um, 
but uh but yeah you know check your leather holsters check to see if that holster mouth the the opening for it is getting weak and and loose and floppy in there check your uh your belt loops on your belt loops clips whatever you have on on all your holsters make sure those are in good shape that uh, the clips aren't coming off if if you know if it's got belt clips then then they go over the belt and they hook make sure the hooks still hook solid so that when you pull that gun out of your holster you get just the gun and not the holster with it because that's, that's, that's not that's not smooth that's not good belt <laughs> clips is the one thing i wanted to touch on too and i it kind of relates to the next uh, topic but kind of doesn't you don't know your situation like me i wear this i straight for work this is my work shirt i've got dress pants on if you're in a situation where you can carry it work but you can't show it you need to find a belt that has tuckable clips too mm-hmm. or a holster that has tuckable clips so that's that's and that narrows your your selection down a lot too so depends on the situation where you're going to be carrying what to look for in the holster as well mm-hmm. like i can't wear t-shirt and shorts to work and by tuckable, what what he's meaning there is that uh, you can tuck your shirt in between the holster and the clip so that you can still tuck your shirt all the way in. The only thing visible then is that clip. Your gun is inside your shirt at that point. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, now, granted, it's not 100% concealed because anybody that knows what those clips are knows what's inside your shirt or inside your, your belt there. But most people that know what that is aren't going to bust you for it either because they're cool, you know, so don't worry about that. And there are different kinds of clips, though. Some of them uh, go all the way over the belt, you know, like like this. if this is your belt, they come up and, and come over and hook like that. Some of them are going to come underneath and hook instead and be a little bit less visible. There are even ones that you can get that that clip to the actual clip your pants and then your belt just goes over top of them and they're not visible at all and it still can be tuckable so there there's other options out there too there's a plethora of options out there so and john i want to add one more yeah <laughs> yes, i know we're kind of beating the, the topic here but um there's a company that i'm not sponsored by i'm not an affiliate <laughs> i have no discount codes nothing it <laughs> i actually found them i was looking for an outside the waistband holster for a five inch wall for pdp after I bought my PDP from Defense Dad, and there wasn't much out there. And he told me that. He said there wasn't much for holster selection. So the company that I've been buying from, I bought my third holster from them now. I bought is the key here. Not They weren't given to me. Uh, Wholeguns.com. They're made in Florida. They're American-made. They're, they've got Kydex. They have 10 different styles of holsters that they make, depending on how you want to carry. And they're $18.99 is what they start at for the inside the waistband holsters. I think I paid... 23 or $24 for my outside the waistband holster. They do give you a discount code when you go to the website for 10% off the first time that you go there. And uh, I buy their outside the waistband holsters. I bought one for my CZ Shadow 2. I bought one for the PDP. And I just bought one for the G3C. And the funny part is I didn't even know about them. I found them on eBay looking for a holster for the PDP. Because eBay has a ton, you might not realize it, of little mom and pop retailers that don't have big expensive websites. Because they don't have to advertise on eBay, they they get purchases made through searches, you know. And then Etsy is an Etsy Etsy is another good place to go to look for holsters. If you want Etsy. a nice leather holster? I mean, there's a ton of people that sell there, and you're not going to pay the the sixty or eighty dollars for a holster from companies that are you're basically you know bankrolling them giving holsters out to people that show up on YouTube like us, right? right? And stuff like that. I mean, you're not, you're not paying their advertising. You're just getting a good 
So I, I like whole guns. I, I think they're really cool. So you guys should check them out. Um, they have a variety, righty, lefty, three, two or three different styles of Kydex. Um, they make them for with weapon lights and without. I mean, for especially if you're going to be a new gun owner, it's it's weird sometimes as a new gun owner because, you know, you might want to get the least expensive handgun you can afford or maybe you don't have a ton of money for 60 or 80 bucks for an extra holster. You know, people do eventually, right? But um, yeah, do it. Do it, G-Webs. Do it. I'm telling you. No, but there's people that make them, like little companies that make them. That's how I found a lot of the holsters I bought recently. I look for the cheapest Kydex holster for this gun from an American-made company, you know, and, and that's how I found whole guns, so... Like I said, I'm not sponsored by them, but I do like their holsters. They're sure. I didn't they're in, sitting in the drawer over there because I don't have the guns on me. But um, yeah, sure. yeah, I don't think any of us here have holster sponsors, and anything that we've mentioned tonight is is just because it's what we use, and and you know we we swear by it because you know our life may one day depend on it, and so and that's just what it comes down to is anything that I'm going to use, I'm betting my life that it's going to work when I need it to. And if it's good enough for me, then it, it may be good enough for you. But again, what works for me, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You've got to you've got to find that out because you know, like you said, the everybody loves hey dudes that I know except me, and maybe defense dad from his face when I mentioned them. But uh, but yeah, they, they don't work for me. Um, you know, I like Keen shoes; they're great, but they might not work for you. So you Merrill, I'm a Merrill guy. Yeah, so Merrill, you know, Justin boots are great, but. Uh, you know what? I've got a pair of double H. They're really good too. So yeah, there's there's good stuff out there. I just yeah, want to say this. <clears throat> this is uh from JX Tactical, and uh, it's called uh, the Fat Guy Holster, and it actually is what I do inside the waistband because it carries the belts all the way here. Well, where am I? There you go. The belts here, so most of the firearm is below because as a big dude, when you carry that way, my black man king was popping out like a pot tart. Yeah. <laughs> it carrying it the regular way because this carries much lower, it stays in. Right. And that's the stays. thing. If if you if you've been blessed by you know more than a little uh, up front of you, then um yeah the you can't wear it in front of your gut the way that that the the thinner dudes or the guys with you know the washboard abs or whatever uh, we don't, I've got them. I just cover them up with a, with a thick layer of cushion because I like to protect my abs. Um, so they're, in, they're under there. That's what they look like under off all that. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't wear my gun in front of that because yeah, it, it, it looks like I've got some sort of weird thing crawling out of my chest that, that a face hugger planted in me. Um, and that's the problem that I have though. It, I can't ever get it comfortable underneath either, which if, if I can't, if I ever put, uh, a holster in, in the appendix position which is you know not dead center in front of you just off to the side a little bit just like your appendix is that's why it's called that um and so uh um i may be able to get away with it uh concealed wise if i stay standing up and i don't walk but if there's any movement at all then i can't i can't bend um i can't sit i can't I can't do anything but but stand still with it. Otherwise, it 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 moves around and and hurts me in, yeah, this, in you know squishy parts of my of my stomach that I don't want hurt in. So this actually carries so low that it's not even a thing. I've forgotten that I might have to on. check one of those out because I've seen the videos of those guys. And yeah, the, yeah, the from, dudes on the videos are built about like I am. So yeah, yeah black diamond guns in here. I even put out my own. Yep. Um, I even put out my own. 
video here a couple years ago with uh back then it was nate squared now it's nate tactical mm-hmm. um because who bought those was it crossbreed I uh, bought crossbreed them? brought them yeah yeah so two guys named nate started the company hence the nate squared uh nate and nate, nate, and nate good guys uh very comfortable and then in my alien gear i talked about those two and you can go search that and on my youtube channel there um holsters for fat guys but i i love those two they're the most comfortable ones i own um and in it, you know the differences between them i i explain why i wear one more than the other in the video i won't give the spoilers you gotta go watch it um but uh but yeah they're they're good stuff that uh i need to check out that fat guy holster because I've, I've seen the video and i'm not saying i'm opposed to appendix carry i don't do it because i'm afraid of of shooting off parts of my anatomy that some people are afraid of but that's why they don't do it and if you don't want to do it, don't do it. I mean, fine. You know, you don't have to justify why you don't carry in a specific position. It's, it's your body, your choice, right? Um, but uh, if I could do it comfortably, I, I would do it. I just have never found a comfortable way to do it. So maybe I need to get like an LCP2, something like that. It's a tiny little gun that I can, if that was the case, it's going in a pocket. So never mind. Yeah. Pocket holsters, also a legitimate way to carry. Again. Don't just put a bear gun in your pocket, pants pocket, coat pocket, uh, pocket of a purse or backpack. Don't do it. Cargo pants pocket. Don't just throw a little gun in your cargo pants pocket and go about your day. Please at least put a holster on that's going to cover the trigger guard. Even if it's one of those little Mick holsters that you've got, you know, tied off to something, but at least the trigger is, is not accessible. Um, you, you are know, a threat to everybody around you. If you do. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we just, we can't have bare triggers. And, and here's another thing. If it's in a pocket, whether it's a purse, pants, shorts, coat, whatever it is, nothing else in that pocket. Only the firearm, nothing else. There should never be anything in that pocket but the, the gun, the holster, and your hand. And your hand shouldn't be in there unless you need it to be. Because um, that, that just leads to, to fiddling. Right? It leads to fiddling. It does. It looks <laughs> weird. Then, then you're a fiddler. I, I fiddle with stuff. I'm always sitting here fiddling with stuff on my desk because I'm doing this. Um, I was told to keep this PG. <laughs> I don't work That's for CNN. I'm not fiddling with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try to put out good information, and and uh, I cannot be bought. Well, I probably could be bought, but I've not been bought. So I'm, I'm nothing like uh, like CNN's reporters. And plus, this isn't a Zoom call. This is an actual. Uh, <laughs> this is going out to the masses. So anyway, uh, if, if you, if you know, you know, um, but yeah, pocket, pocket holster, just make sure that that trigger is, is not exposed because again, even if there's nothing else in that pocket, but you know, something gets pressed up, uh, you know, you, you're, you're bumping up against stuff, whatever that trigger gets touched. Yeah. There's no way to guarantee how that firearm is even oriented. You don't know what direction it's going to be pointing. You go to grab for it. And the first thing that you hit could be the trigger as you as you grasp it, even um, as you're or trying to, you know, shuffle it around and reposition in your pocket to get the right grip on it. So another thing that a, a good quality pocket holster is going to do is keep it oriented in the correct position so that when you do have to reach for that firearm, you're getting the grip and you get the right grip right away. Right. So these are all things to think about. Um, if you can pocket carry and, and you're comfortable doing it, cool. And if not, again, don't do it. Whatever. It's your call. Um, but this is just to give people kind of a, a basis to start with as far as, as things to, things to know 
when you're new and you're just getting into this stuff. So, well, and don't assume you're just going to have one holster either. I, oh, right. My main carry, my main carry gun is an HK VP nine, right? I have four holsters just for that gun. I have yeah. inside the waistband, outside the waistband. I have one for range use. That's more of a little more of a drop leg. I mean, if you carry, even if you just have the one gun, there's going to be times you don't change just your dress, but you want a different holster. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, you know, different, different times of year are going to make, um, make a difference as far as how you carry too. Right. I mean, winter time, if you're, if you're wearing, you know, a jack, heavier coat and stuff, thicker coat, you can hide a little bit bigger, a little more bulky firearm under that. So summertime coming on, lighter clothing, shorts, t-shirts, you've, you've got to be able to still conceal that. You, you've, we're not going to get that much into it because I just realized what time it was. And, and Tony, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we wouldn't notice. We did. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, my bed just called never seen a black man blush. It's uh wait, did I say that? <laughs> Oh, that was funny. <laughs> um, so I think we are going to wrap stuff up. Um, we uh, will have to revisit the the clothing thing for for another time, but um, I think we've gotten some good info out there, at least for for people to uh, to to get started on. Uh, before we wrap up, does anybody have anything else that you want to throw out that we have neglected to mention? Oh, hey, just so ugly. Just for your first gun purchase, it's a good idea if you're going to go learn how to grip the pistol first, because a lot of people say, oh, this gun feels great. Well, they learn how to grip a gun properly, and all of a sudden it doesn't. So mm -hmm. that would be my parting words. And also, if you get a chance to to rent one or fire it somehow, fire one like it, um, do that, because I do know how to grip a gun, and I have gripped some guns in the gun store that felt great in my hand until I fired them. Um, well, the Walther PPQ is, is the example I always go to because I love that. Uh, you know, what, what do you want to call it? A donkey hoof. Um, the way that the, the Walther, at least the PPQ, the grip is great gun, just mm -hmm. an amazing gun. Ergonomics are top notch trigger, top notch feels amazing in my hand. I go to shoot it and I can't control it because it's more top heavy than I planned on. So, and I know how to hold it, but it's just, it's, you know, it, it's a little more top heavy than, than what I'm used to, a little more felt recoil in my hand. And it's, it wasn't my favorite thing to shoot. Could, could I have worked with it and, and tamed it? Yeah. Did I want to? No, didn't want to. So um, something else I suggested, you can take classes, introductory classes without owning the firearm. Mm -hmm. do so that way you have not made that financial commitment to the handgun yep. but you've had handguns that you shot in a class environment and you didn't have to unlearn anything like you learn how to grip a firearm in a handgun class so yeah. and also when you're in that class you get to talk to other students that own other things and you get to ask the same questions yeah. why do you have that can i shoot yours that kind of thing so you get more experience. Now, it doesn't have to be a big class because I know a lot of people are shy, just like Ed said. Uh, they think they need training to get training uh, because they don't want to embarrass themselves. Don't worry about it. No one, no one is going to make fun of you in that class. Um, 
and, so and there, was, class. there was a day that defense dad had never fired a gun in his life. There was that day, right? There was a day that Edward had never fired a gun. There was a day that Tony wasn't a Marine and had never fired a gun. There was a, uh, you, you grew up firing. Never mind. There was a day though, that you had never fired one. Uh, yeah, it was there like was a four. Day, there was a day that Travis had never fired a gun. There was a day that I had never fired a gun. We all learned this stuff, right? We, but we all had to learn it. None of us were born just knowing this stuff. Uh, the, the only exceptions I can think of would be Moss Ayub and maybe Jeff Cooper. The only two guys I can think of that just were naturally knew this stuff that didn't have to learn it. Um, but all, all joking aside, everybody had to learn. Everybody had to be taught. And, and there's no shame in taking that first step of the journey. There's no shame in letting somebody know that it's your first step on the journey. That's where it comes to finding somebody that, uh, you know, is recommended, is well, well liked, well respected, well reviewed. Um, find those instructors. And, and it, again, if you don't know where to find an instructor, I'm going to say USCCA because you can find me on that website. But go to uscca.com. There's a link to find an instructor. You can put in your zip code, your state, whatever you want. And they're going to give you a list of instructors in your area. Um, or if, if you know somebody that doesn't live near you, you can look in their area and point to them, you know, point them to, to some people and you can get the contact info right off of, of that link then. Uh, so, so yeah, go, go check it out. I know there are other websites that are out there that are just as good, but I know that one and I'm going to, I'm going to recommend it. Um, so yeah, just USCCA, it's US Concealed Carry Association, USCCA.com is the, uh, is a great place to start to find an instructor. And the other reason I'm going to recommend it is because I've been through the training. I guarantee you that the quality of training that the instructors on, on that list have gotten is high quality. This isn't, I'm not talking about training as far as um, just, this is how you grip a gun. And, and this is, this is how you fire the shot. These people have been trained how to train you. The, these folks have all been trained on how to work with somebody who's who's brand new um, all the way up to, you know, super experienced. I mean, we, we've we've got training. We, we've learned how to help you in your journey, whatever part of, of the journey you're on. And so I, I, I'm definitely going to pat ourselves on the back there for the pat USCCA on the back for the training that they gave me and, and Edward, at least. Um, Great program. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's all. USCCA does offer carry insurance, but but they they're geared around education. And when it comes to the instructors programs, I mean, yeah, the the nomenclature is there. We do know how to teach people the different parts of a handgun, the different parts of a cartridge. But what they harp on is being able to teach people, not curriculum. And so that's what I love about it is they they've shown me a lot of ways to relate some of these concepts uh, to students in a way that uh, that has been proven that that a lot of people understand really well and so that they don't forget as time goes on because it made sense and and they made that connection so so go check it out if you're uh, if your instructor is not able to to relate things to you there's no shame in looking for a new instructor and, and you can give them feedback because a good instructor wants to know where they're falling short if they are um, maybe that's an improvement they can make. And sometimes, you know, the, there's, 
there's people in the world that shouldn't have Tony instruct them. There's people in the world that shouldn't have Edward instruct them, that shouldn't have me instruct them. Not everybody is a perfect fit for every instructor. Not every instructor is a perfect fit for every student. So just like guns, just like holsters, just like belts, you've got to find one that that works for you and, and does things the way that you need them done. And there's no there's no harm, there's no shame in demanding that you get everything that you need out of a class. And if the class that you took didn't give you everything you need, then it's okay to find one that will. So so keep that in mind too. And you're not going to hurt an instructor's feeling feelings if you learn from another instructor and take more classes just because uh you know theirs. But again, if if we need to improve, just tell us. We'll we'll work on it. You know, all good instructors will. So training under um, multiple people should be encouraged. Yes. Very much yes. so. And, and if the they more, don't don't trust them the more perspectives that you can get. And here's what's cool is training under multiple instructors. Eventually you're going to see a few common themes that everybody seems to, to teach. And, and those are usually around the fundamentals, but you're going to find the stuff that, that you like. And, and the more instructors that say this same thing over and over and over again, that tells you how important that thing is that you better remember it because it's a super important thing. So, uh, Hey, we've got a brand new, subscriber out there i want to mention american ammo and firearms welcome glad to have you and and hey thanks g webs for the plug there um i hope that uh, that you will enjoy the channel here so we do some we do some fun stuff we try to have good topics and things that make you think um as we go along here so all right we're gonna wrap it up because uh we've got to get uh, tony home before he turns into a pumpkin um or at least not home necessarily, but at least off of here and off to bed. So uh, anything else we need to mention as we wrap up here? We'll go back around the horn and, and give everybody a chance to <clears> take <throat> a night. So if we don't, Travis, we're going to start yeah. with you like we uh, tend to do lately and go back around. Cool. So closing thoughts, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, TravisP11, and I'm also on Gunstreamer, YouTube, GunTube.org, all those fun places, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But otherwise, lots of great information tonight. I do appreciate it. Um, it's good. You know, there's little things that you think about and little topics that, that we came up and discussed. Yeah, lots of great info for the new gun buyer, so the new gun yeah. owner. So it's, uh, again, learn your laws. I would recommend taking a class if you've never taken, never shot before. You know, go rent different pistols, test them out, see which one feels best to you, which one you're most comfortable with, and then get yourself a, a training course if you've never taken one before, if you've never shot before, you know. I'd almost, honestly, I'd rather almost, nothing wrong going with a friend and shooting, that's great, but I'd still recommend for your own, just asking questions about learning the laws, take a course or take your concealed carry course, you know, that's all I can say. So, I mean, I learned a lot in the courses I took. I'll just say that. But right. Otherwise, I yeah, appreciate the invite, man. Thank you. You betcha. All right. Tony, closing thoughts from you and where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Simon Says Training and also The Second Is For Everyone. You can go to my website, diversityshoot.com, where you can find links to everything that I do, uh, including ways to donate to our mission, which is to grow the firearms community. Uh, you can also find me on uh, IG at Simon Says, <clears throat> Simon Says Train. Um, one of the things I think is important is take a class and it allows you to skip over some of the mistakes you'll make because you'll be in a, a formal training environment and you can ask those questions. Oh, believe me. You're paying for this class, ask every question that pops yes. in your head. 
Every one of them. There is nothing stupid except the thing you didn't ask that you should have. So take classes. And again, you'll probably get to shoot different kinds of firearms. So now you have an idea of what you want. And it'll <clears throat> prevent some of the mistakes and some of the purchases you may buy later on if you didn't take that class first. Um, what else? Oh, and this is something we don't tell enough people, especially as firearms instructors, because we think their plate is full. This is a right, and we have to fight for it. They're, join a local group. Join a local Second Amendment group. Uh, and the reason I say local is so you can go to the meetings and know who you're talking to, know what you're dealing with, know what their positions are. Like I like the NRA, but the NRA has done some questionable stuff. So I'd rather you join a local group and have your money go locally to fight for your rights. So please do that because the time between my first gun purchase and when I start fighting for my rights is a 20 year gap. We can't afford that. We need you in the fight right now. So get education on your firearm and get education on your rights and how to maintain them. That's right, because if you don't use them, you're going to lose them. And your rights are like your, your hearing. If you don't protect them, you're going to lose them too. So, <laughs> good stuff. What is it Walkers always says on their on their ads? Protect it or lose it. So, same thing with your freedom. Protect it or lose it. Tony, thanks for being here. I miss you. I'm glad you're back. Thanks, so, man. We, we should not wait next uh, so long next time to invite you in. <laughs> all right edward any closing thoughts from you and then where can people find you well um just definitely even before i started my company when i just was an enthusiast um i was a training junkie i took so many classes that i went back and took even a couple that i had taken before and got stuff out of them so definitely train 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 some more you can never get too much um not only in firearms but also in uh First aid, stop the bleed. A lot of yeah. local hospitals offer that stuff for free, and you'll use those skills more than you're going to use your gun. Absolutely. Um, as far as where you're going to, you can find me. Uh, my website is paragonft.com, and uh, if anybody's in the Fairfax area, I'd love to have you as a student. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, thanks for uh, for volunteering to come help me out and talk about some of this stuff. I appreciate it. So, uh, all right, Defense Dad, you get to uh, bat clean up. Oh, I think it's a good show. Um, if any of you are new gun owners, if any <laughs> of you are new gun owners, whether you're watching live or in the replay, welcome to one of the most overwhelmingly welcoming communities you can probably be part of. It really surprised me when I got into it. Um, so, I think that's a real positive note. Um, as far as where you can find me. I have a channel on YouTube called Defense Dad. Um, my channel primarily is geared towards new gun owners, people new to it. And then you can learn from the mistakes that I've spent money on and decided I didn't like the products. <laughs> and I review a lot of budget, inexpensive stuff. I do kind of have a, some expensive stuff, but that's what it's geared to. Um, you can also check me out on uh, Instagram, Defense Dad One. And that's about it. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your input as always. And, uh, and yeah, you know where to find me because you're here. So, uh, I, I don't say this enough. Um, everything that we upload to YouTube does make its way to GunStreamer as well, usually within a day or two. So, uh, everything's backed up there. All of it's on GunStreamer in case YouTube ever kicks us off. My stuff is safe. Thank you, GunStreamer, for doing that. Um, and I download these episodes and then uh, post them up on the, the podcasting platforms. So any place that you get your podcasts, you should be able to find the get off my lawn podcast. 
cool thing is on Spotify, you could even watch it. I, I think it's an Android only thing. My coworker with an iPhone can't watch them. He can only listen. But if you have an Android phone, then you can watch these videos. They're not live. They're a week old by the time they're posted on Spotify. But Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Audible, it, all of them. All the podcast places, all the popular things. Anchor, they're all, we're on all of them. And uh, you can go find them. Share those. If, if, you, if you can't watch live... You'd rather download the audio and listen when you're driving or, or working out or whatever and, and do it that way. That's cool. That's what it's there for. But we love it when you're here live. We love interacting with you. We love these comments. Even if they are, um, where'd that go to? It was, where was that dumb comment that I, I can't believe somebody actually, there it is. The only shame, only shame in nine millimeter. I don't know who this gun websites guy is or who he thinks he is, but <laughs> Uh, just because it's not 40 doesn't mean it's not good. Just saying. Um, it's just not as good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sometimes small and fast is almost as good as, as uh, you know, short, fat, and slow. So um, <laughs> from what I've been told, I don't know. <laughs> I've only ever been short, fat, and slow. Um, oh, and Clovertack had a good one. I got to throw this one up here too. So pound for pound, biggest pumpkin in the pack. <laughs> Nice. That's low awesome. speed, high drag, baby. That's right. That's what we're all about. All right. And uh, G Webs apparently is throwing a picnic out on the lawn. So I'm going to have to come out later and, and throw it. everybody off. And I mean, you know what I'm going to say when the time <laughs> comes. I'll, I'll come. I'll, you guys can be all like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And I'll be like, get off my lawn. And everybody's going to be like, get it. So <laughs> before you say get off my lawn, I've got out one thing if I could. What's up? I uh, just want to plug the uh, YouTuber range day that Travis and I have going on in June. Oh, yeah. We've sent the invite out to a lot of people. Um, ideally, we need RSVPs back by the end of this month so we know how many people so we can maintain the range. Um, but that's, it's open to pretty much YouTubers have gun channels, want to meet up and be able to film and do sort all sorts of things. we got a range lined up. Um, either hit Travis up or hit me up at defensedad1 at gmail.com. But yeah, we, we need to have some RSVPs so we can kind of have a head count for the range. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <coughs> All right. Um, my producer is, uh, we're dividing and conquering this weekend. So she's got, uh, she's got a, a spring vendor show that she's going to and she's getting stuff ready tonight. So she's not in her normal producer's chair. I don't have the list. Again, before we sign off, I do want to reiterate, um, constitutional carry there is some some news that i'm not sharing here um it'll be more publicly available next week uh go sign up and, and become a subscriber for nebraska firearms owners association uh youtube channel and on facebook because the the uh, live uh town hall meeting will be next week wednesday night 7 30 p.m central time uh, where we will talk about what's going on with constitutional carry here in the state and uh, what changes are, are being made there or what progress, I should say, is being made there and what we need people to do. Um, if you are near Norfolk, Nebraska, this weekend, go to the Norfolk Gun Show at Divots and uh, meet me out there. I'll be at or near the NFOA table out there. Ask me about spoilers, and I will share some with you. Maybe not all the info, but I will tell you what's up at, at the very least. It's not going to be like, oh, he only said what we already knew, that it's it's in the works. No, I'll tell you details. I'll give you some juicy stuff. 
but I'm not doing it here because I can't yet. Uh, and I probably shouldn't this weekend either, but it's not going out over the interwebs. So uh, so I'm going to ask you to keep it a little bit on the DL uh, yourselves, as I tell you. But come up and see me. Say hi. We can, you know, uh, talk about what, what the next stage is and what we need people to do here. So that's the best I'm going to give you for now. But you can tune in with uh, NFOA president Trish Harold and me Wednesday night at uh, 730 Central Time. And then also, if, you, uh, if you're a Nebraskan and you're not a member, go to nebraskafirearms.org and join up. It's free. And every now and then we do something cool, like fly Tony out to Nebraska for a diversity shoot. And uh, we've got, we're, well, we don't have more stuff planned yet, but we're going to be uh, planning this year's stuff soon. So I don't know that we're going to get Tony back, but we're going to plan some fun stuff. And, and you, you know you're welcome, though. Even if we don't fly you here, you're welcome to come. So, uh, with all that said, we're going to call it a night. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Those of you that uh, tuned in early, that tuned in late American ammo and firearms. Thanks for becoming a new subscriber. We appreciate that. Go find us on Facebook as well, if you would, and, uh, go check that out. Uh, check out Nebraska firearms owners association, nebraskafirearms.org. Um, Facebook and YouTube there, and, and we're working on getting back onto the, the Twitter and the Insta Insta tweets or whatever we got. All those. We're working on getting those up and running to here soon. Um, the director of media needs to find more hours in his day to, to do some of this stuff. That's half of what's going on. Um, on behalf of Travis, Tony, Edward, Defense Dad, and myself, thanks for being here. Catch us next, maybe next week, maybe not. Uh, Some of the spoilers, probably no show next week. Catch us in two weeks. Um, I may not uh, be available next week because I'm going to have to do a thing. Um, Tell you more about that thing as time goes on. But uh, but plan on us in two weeks. And uh, two weeks from now, I don't know what's going to happen. It's got to be epic, though, because two (laughs) weeks from now is March 17th. If you're Irish, you already know what that means. If you're not, we have a leprechaun out in the chat. Clover's already out there. We should get Clover <laughs> in here with us and just skip his show. Uh, not only is it St. Patty's Day, it is episode, well, it should be episode 100. If I skip next week, it's going to be episode 99. Oh, man. Now I got a conundrum. <laughs> episode 100 is coming soon, and we're going to do something epic for that. Even if it's not St. Patty's Day, we're going to we're going to have some fun stuff. So if you know where my lawn is, apparently G. Webbs is setting up the fire now. You can go hang out until I come out and kick everybody off. But uh, when that time comes, you know what I'm going to say? It's that time of night. Get off my lawn. <laughs>